1: Weeks ago, when Kelly pinch hit, pinch hitted, pinch, hit, pinch hit for Quigs, Keith Johnston at Spectrum Philly on Twitter had said, Topic for discussion. During the gritty Santa sack commercial, one of the milks he leaves out for Santa is labeled homebrew. I have questions. Also, I'd like a scene by scene breakdown of the lots, sanny, Ric Flair commercials, hashtag Oscar buzz. And Keith, let me tell you, I had managed to avoid these commercials for the most part somehow until recently. And then I saw them at least twice in the past week and they are something else. And they are Quake Still hasn't seen them, which is amazing. And I, I'm going to have him pull it up right now and react to it because they are something else.
2: I have not seen any of these commercials. I live in Virginia. So like, obviously none of the local flyers commercials show up down here. So I have it pulled up right now. On my computer, I'm gonna I'm gonna react to it live. So here we go.
1: <laughs> he's gonna do it live Come and do it live. Fuck it. For those of you who haven't seen these commercials, as he's pulling it up, that it, it has Ric Flair and Scott Lawton and Travis Sanheim. Travis Sanheim in his full Robin Hood facial hair, that that goatee, that long blonde goatee, yes. all going right there. And Ric Flair is uh, just teaching them life lessons there. And teaching them when to say woo. And Scott Lawton and Travis Sanheim, clearly not trained actors, just cannot stop looking at the cue
2: cards. I can't wait to see this. All right, here we go. I'm starting it right now. <laughs> They're all staring at the cue cards. Yeah, but at least
1: Ric Flair has enough, like you know, training that he can kind of bounce around a little bit and
2: keep eye contact with other people. Oh, this is... They're airing this on television? Yes. I wooed like you taught (laughs) me. Oh, my God. This is really bad. Like, this is hilariously terrible. (laughs) They're staring down the cue cards. Gosh darn right it is. If they had heat vision they would be torching
1: these cue cards the way they are just staring at them. Woo! Holy fuck, Steve.
2: That's a disaster of a commercial.
1: It's pretty bad. And Car Shield... That is so bad. Car Shield's notorious for having some of the more painful ones. Because is Car Shield also the one that did the Wayne Simmons one a couple years back where he does the press... Like, there's always an athlete who does a press conference and... They're taking questions about insurance or something, and it's all just, oh, why? Yeah. Now, I will say, the Tyrese
2: Maxi one, the Tyrese Maxi one was pretty good. Is that Car Shield? Was it Car Shield? It was some sort of thing. He was in a press conference, and they were like, Tyrese, who had the best coverage for you tonight? And he was like, Car Shield or something like that.
1: Tyrese, I think, does it the best. Wayne Simmons. It was a rough one, and we all love the Wayne Train. We're very pro Wayne Train podcast here, but yeah. still a rough ride. And even given some of the rougher ones we've had with, I forget if it's Car Shield or another insurance company, but low-level insurance companies doing these kind of ads. I think Scott Lawton, <laughs> and I don't. I say this of fear of being murdered by Scott Lawton because yeah, we all know Scott yeah, Lawton the, is a ser- secret yeah. serial killer, and. Scott Lawton might be the worst performance out of all of them. Even Travis Sanheim, who's rough in this, don't get me wrong, is still a rung above Scott Lawton.
2: Didn't they have Matt Vierling doing the Carshield commercial too? <laughs> yes! You want that to talk about really bad.
1: one of the least consequential Phillies from this past season?
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: It would be Matt Vierling, yes. He
2: had a, he, uh, Matt Vierling had a couple shining moments. Sure. In the, and when I say a couple, I literally mean like two in 162 games. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Matt Vierling's a perfectly fine backup center fielder.
2: Yeah, but uh, yeah, CarShield. Shield. Get, Car uh, Shield. Te- get some acting lessons in there. Just It takes nothing. Just Woo. say, hey, can you not look at the cue card? How about you do some research before you start... Reading not everybody's
1: not everybody's made for acting, you know. And clearly, Scott Lawton and Travis Sanheimer are two of those individuals just who listen, aren't made
2: not, for a, not, not everybody's like us, Steve. I mean, we just oh, have yeah. faces. We just have faces for the silver screen. We're talented, which just... is why we're putting
1: every one of these podcasts on YouTube.
2: Yeah, every single one. Every People single... just have to find them. Once they find them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go on our YouTube channel. We have a YouTube channel. It's called Flyperbly. Just go uh, look us up. All I, our... I probably have
1: a YouTube channel registered for yeah. that. Don't look it up there. I'm sure there's nothing good to find on there. Don't this look like it up. That, Don't do
2: it. This is like that prank that high school seniors tell the high school freshmen like, yo, have you been to the pool on the roof? Uh, like, what? I there's think, a pool on the roof? Is that
1: every high school does that because we had that one too?
2: Yeah. Every, I'm pretty sure everyone does it.
1: Uh, oh, so lazy. Just lazy writing on the high school seniors' parts right there.
2: Yeah, not great. Same for Car Shield. Lazy writing there as well. <laughs> now, as far as the
1: Gritty commercial, the Santa Sack one, I imagine you haven't seen that either as a, you being a Virginian.
2: I have not, no.
1: So I, I couldn't find a YouTube link for this one, but essentially it's Santa Gritty going through and doing Santa stuff. And at one point he's going over various, like... Various glasses, and it's like milk and such, and one of them says homebrew. So, the the question from Keith here is, what could Gritty's homebrew be? Because that's a terrifying thought. As we've discussed before, Gritty is an agent of chaos. He is truly one of the most frightening creatures that this planet has ever spawned. So, yeah. what could Gritty's homebrew be? I mean, it could be pure acid. I mean, it looked like milk, right? But... It could be acid. If he subsisted on acid, it wouldn't surprise me.
2: It's very funny you said acid because I was about to say battery acid. Just it could be up. battery acid, absolutely, yeah. and that'd
1: be appropriate because he just he just milked the batteries essentially, right? Because yeah. of all the batteries that are being thrown at players on the ice. Gritty's
2: favorite. <laughs> Gritty's two favorite things: hot dogs and battery acid. Yeah, he, that's, that's a where Limp he lives. Biscuit album. Yeah, <laughs> we actually have Limp biscuit talking point later. That's fun. yeah, we we have to yeah, we have we, we have some words about Limp biscuit.
1: We have some words about our, our one of our favorites over there. And but back to gritty on this one because you know battery acid a great guess. I, I think moonshine is certainly a spectacular guess for this. If gritty was distilling his own moonshine, it would come to the surprise of no one.
2: Is there like a like a liquid? hallucinogenic drug
1: i mean yes (laughs) could be that some sort of hallucinogenic
2: maybe he's just drinking liquefied heroin it could be liquefied heroin that's certainly (laughs) one theory
1: what what if it's the liquid nightmares of children
2: i mean that's a given it's a
1: given. Just you know, yeah. of course, Gritty <laughs> is drinking the nightmares of children, which is why he's stressed the Santa Claus because he's sneaking in to steal the nightmares of children.
2: Man, you know what they did that movie, uh, Violent Night? They did it all wrong. They cast the wrong guy to play Santa. Yeah. They should have just fought. They should have got fucking Gritty. Should have gotten Gritty. I imagine think this the is violence a opportunity
1: for us to create the Santa Gritty p- film that everybody has demanded.
2: All right, flyers, you steal all of Steve's ideas anyway. We're giving you permission on this one. Let's make a gritty movie where he's Santa and he just kills everybody gruesomely. Um I I think that would do very well. Play it before games. Play it before game at this point, yeah, you might as well because And you know, really. what? play it before every game even after Christmas. Just keep playing <laughs> keep playing the Christmas the Christmas massacre. From gritty every game until the end of the season. It's not like people are showing up to games. <laughs> it's true. I mean, no one's they gonna had, notice.
1: They had five dollar beer night last night. They were just begging people to come out. I mean, I also know. it was it was a weeknight game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. It would probably be sparsely attended, even in the best of times.
2: Right. Let yeah. alone
1: the blurst of times like we're in now. But
2: Johnny Goudreau's Columbus Blue Jackets. Yes, Johnny Goudreau,
1: Johnny Hockey. And it's Columbus Blue Jackets. Hey, you know what? Flyers got a rare win where they were clearly the team on top for most of the game. It doesn't I happen say, often.
2: I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say last night, I actually for a few minutes was enjoying the Flyers. <laughs> like I was watching the game and I was like, yo, this is actually kind of fun. Um, and then Morgan I Frost put on a show. He did. And so Owen Tippett played well. Cam York played well. Like TK? a lot of the young guys. TK. Oh my God, dude. TK was out of control.
1: The jerk store was
2: open for business.
1: And it was kicking ass and taking names.
2: It was. It was. I was very proud watching that. And um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the good young players performed well last night. TK played incredibly well, um, and that was just a fun game to watch, honestly. And especially that it came against my arch nemesis, Columbus Blue Jackets. Like it was just awesome. You do so, hate like, the
1: Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah,
2: and so I'm just yeah. But then I remembered that it's the Flyers, and like they're <laughs> this doesn't last very long. That feeling of having fun.
1: No, it doesn't. You have to cherish those moments whenever you can. And you know, TK having such a good night, I think we can raise a glass of what I ultimately think Gritty's homebrew is. And that's a white Russian or as the dude calls it a Caucasian. Okay. I think Gritty's homebrew is ultimately a white Russian and that's what is in the Mason jar. And I raise a white Russian over to TK on a fantastic performance right there. And uh, making us forget the flyers are hot garbage fire for a few minutes.
2: To TK, clink, 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 And, you know,
1: as we celebrate a rare win over an inferior opponent, a nice feeling for once, we do forget about some of the just terrible things that have come out in recent (laughs) days. One of those things being that we finally got word one way or the other on Cam Atkinson and It was the other, okay? It was the other way. Cam Atkinson out for the rest of the season with with a neck injury. In the words of Charlie O'Connor,
2: Welp. Literally last week, we were talking about this on the episode. I remember we were going over the roster. We were looking at Cap Friendly. And I was like, what the fuck is going on with Cam Atkinson? Because they keep saying that he's getting better. And he's like, you know, doing, he's doing practice now. He's skating. And then all of a sudden, like, he had been skating for like weeks and he started the season day to day. Then it was week to week and it was just such a weird situation. And now we all know he was fucked up. And to be, let's be completely honest. is Are you shocked at all, Steve?
1: No, I'm not remotely shocked. When a guy is mysteriously not playing for weeks, you haven't seen him at all in the season and we're approaching Christmas. There's an issue. There is a real serious yeah. problem. And this is really where you, it bothers me that the NHL is allowed to be so obscure on player injuries. Like it's horrible. I get it. Right. I get that. You don't want to give up a competitive advantage. I know that you don't want certain guys targeting guys in certain areas of their body because they have an injury, a weakness, blah, blah, blah. But as far as media coverage, as far as fan knowledge goes, we really need to know this information because it starts just baseless speculation. And I had actually heard that there was some idiots out there asking some questions with a capital Q about if this was a vaccine-related heart condition. I hate it here. I hate these people. Fucking, ugh, maniacs. But this is the kind of stuff that if... (laughs) This number one shouldn't happen regardless because these are just maniacs asking these kind of questions. But this is the kind of speculation that gets very much tampered down if you had this information up front about what cam atkinson is going through what he's suffering through i mean for the entirety of last season we had no idea what the deal was with ryan ellis right and that really just had us all spinning wheels had people's imaginations running over time and it was bad news all around
2: yeah and you know what like it happened with Ryan Ellis. It happened with, now it's happened with Cam Atkinson. And I don't think it'll happen this way, but like, it does make you worry about like, could this happen to Sean Couturier? You know what I mean? Like, he's expected to be back, but so was Cam Atkinson. And we haven't seen Sean Couturier play. And I know his his situation's way different. It's kind of like, this is more of an apples and oranges situation, but like, Um, still it makes you it's a little scary to think like oh if this could happen to Cam who they were all saying was going to come back soon why wouldn't it happen to Sean Couture who now has had two back surgeries or or is it three back surgeries
1: I forget the exact number it's been at a minimum two at this point but his back is
2: all sorts of fucked up right now
1: it's all sorts of fucked up and it just, it sucks to not have any information on this, to just have this, these guys floating out there in the void. And is there any other team that this seems to happen to as much as it happens to the Flyers? I, I can't think of any no team. Way. No No. I, I certainly don't follow other teams as closely as I do the Flyers, but it's very strange that we're now establishing this pattern of guys just kind of disappearing and getting zero updates on them.
2: Yeah. I feel like the Capitals have had some bad luck with injuries. Like, Backstrom has been hurt, but he's, like, skating now. Tom Wilson was in a normal jersey today, I believe, from what I saw from Sammy Silber of Washington Hockey Now. Um, Not later, Steve. Right now. Right now. Hockey now. now. Not Um, tomorrow. Not yesterday. Hockey now. Right now. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, but, like, there are other teams that have, like, their own injury problems. But, like, it's just so weird that the Flyers are – like players are just dying,
1: <laughs> like, but it's you would have no idea if they're dead. The player could be dead yeah. for six months, and you would find out in the off season, in just on the locker cleanout day, right? That oh yeah, that guy died.
2: Yeah. So my girlfriend is like very very new to hockey, and the other night we were watching a Flyers game, and she's like, "What the fuck is an upper body injury?" And I was like, <laughs> "Phenomenal question. I don't know." Nobody knows. No one has any idea what that means. It could Could be literally anything. Could be your wrist. Is your wrist upper, lower body? No one knows. It could be your heart. It could be your brain. It could be your ribs. Yeah. It's honestly a miracle that when Crystal Tang had his stroke, they didn't just say it was an upper upper body injury. Oh, you know they were tempted
1: to. You know they were absolutely tempted to. Yeah. You could have a stomach injury, right? You could have an upset tummy and that would be an upper body injury.
2: Also, real quick, now that we mentioned it, um, I hate the man, but, like, congrats to Crystal Tang coming back and playing well. That's a scary situation.
1: It's a scary situation, and it's very cool that he was able to bounce back as quickly as he was. It's, uh, frankly, an amazing, amazing time we live in where somebody can yeah. bounce back that quickly from a stroke and play NHL hockey. Phenomenal. Right.
2: Let's not forget, though. Fuck you, Chris Tang. Um,
1: yeah. Oh, of course. Of course.
2: Back to what we were talking about. But, yeah, no, it's like. It's it's so weird. Like I I don't know why hockey. Why why is hockey like this? No other sports like this in the world. Like why it's I I, I don't
1: know. It's frustrating. There's it's no answer.
2: We have no answer. It's we have no odd. answer.
1: And it Also, just a shame from a fan perspective to not be able to watch Cam Atkinson. I think he was easily one of the more likable flyers on the team. Uh, Certainly a a great locker room presence. Uh, A great guy for PR purposes. I mean, he always has that smile on his face. He's always doing great community events and everything. Cam's just a great guy to have out there. And... He scores goals and he kills penalties, so Cam is just an all-around well, yeah. great guy to have around on your team. And he's got—he's the only guy before the season who really had an extensive history with John Tortorella, and you know. It's it sucks because he should have been there to help these guys like kind of learn the tort's methods and all that, and he's just not around. And it's just it sucks we don't get to watch him and we're not going to get to see him at all this season. There's very little to root for in this team, and Cam Atkinson is one of those guys who is just very, very rootable.
2: Right. Well, now that we brought up TK, and this is actually kind of a fun little comparison. Like we mentioned how against the Blue Jackets TK played really well. And like it's so easy to see like why. Torts is liking TK as much as he is. Like, I know there was that one game earlier on in the season where he benched him or whatever. Um, but like TK and Torts really seem to be kind of developing a nice little relationship. And it makes sense because Cam Atkinson and TK are like pretty similar players, like smaller guys. Um, and all of a sudden, like Cam Atkinson's a 200 foot player. Like he's a he's a penalty killer. And all of a sudden, Travis Konechny's killing, pe- or killing penalties and he's scoring goals shorthanded. Yeah. Wasn't that his first
1: shorthanded goal?
2: Yes. So like, it's really cool to see TK kind of not becoming Cam Atkinson, but really kind of like taking on that role that Cam Atkinson played under Tortorella in Columbus.
1: Yeah. And we came into the season, a lot of speculation. There was a lot of speculation about Torts and TK butting heads, them being an issue. And we You know, despite that one little bump in the road, it really seems like that's actually working out well. I mean, Torts was just beaming about Travis Konechny after the game the other night. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's good to see. And, like, it's, it's so funny. Yeah, I did not <laughs> – I didn't anticipate – I didn't anticipate Tortorella and Kevin Hayes not getting along, but I thought TK was going to be the one that he was going to hate. And it turns out TK's like, really – He's kind of, I don't know, like from an outsider's perspective, it looks like TK is really becoming one of Torts' kind of guys, which is awesome. Torts' is tykes. Torts' is tykes. That's actually, a, if if the Flyers become get some like really good young talent, and Torts is still around. That would be actually a great name for a uh, line or something.
1: There you go. Torts Tykes over there. Unfortunately, Kevin Hayes will not be one of Torts Tykes. And we're now, we talked last week about Kevin Hayes buyout speculation and really did not think there was much to it. I mean, the news was coming from one of his uh, most hated rivals in the New York press and we were thinking it was just bullshit. And it turns out folks that when there's smoke, there's flyer. Good night and good hockey. I'm so sorry, not sorry for that. And Cole Beasley's back, so I can make I'm, that kind I'm, of.
2: A I'm quitting joke. the podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. quitting the. Po- where there, where you there's
1: say smoke, I should quit? <laughs> yes. Where there's smoke, there's flyer. But uh, listen, listen, I haven't gotten a really bad dad pun in here in a long time, so I needed this. I needed you,
2: this sure, you sure. You sure made up for that lost time with that one.
1: That's the name of the podcast this week. That's for sure. <laughs> but we didn't take it that seriously when Larry Brooks, when old Brooksy was bringing it up for the New York post, Elliot Friedman has brought up Kevin Hayes buyout rumors. So we can take this very seriously now because when Elliot Friedman is talking about it, it is something with some substance to it.
2: Yeah, no, it's like, he's like kind of become the Bob McKenzie. Like whenever uncle Bob would say something, everyone was like, Oh my God, what'd you say? And that's pretty much what Elliot Friedman is now. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite alarming. I don't think any of us saw quite this happening. Um, Because, like, it, it wasn't a mystery before the season. Like, as soon as Torts came in, he said the first thing he did was, like, talk to Kevin Hayes and say, I want more from you. Like, what was Kevin Hayes expecting here? And I, now, Grant, I'm not trying to put any blame on Kevin Hayes. Because, like, at this point, he's, what, like 30, 30 years old?
1: He's 30 years old. There, He's not you're not going to teach an old hockey dog, new tricks over here,
2: but you, like, know. you can, but like, it's just, he's, he's very much, it's not like he's um, Patrick Kane defensively. You know what I mean? Like he's right, not right. It's like when he came to Philly, he was kind of known as like a 200 foot guy and like maybe not the best 200 foot guy, but my God, it's, I, I just didn't see this. I didn't see the relationship between Torts and Hayes just re- becoming a total uh, just shit show that it is right now. And now, granted, Torts has come out and said, like, you guys, the media, are trying to pit him and I against each other, and I hate it. So I'm not giving you updates on him anymore. <laughs> but, like, what is this then? Because Kevin Hayes has clearly ticked off that he got scratched, healthy scratch, against his old team, the New York Rangers. That's not just some random game. Like, you yeah. know, Kevin Hayes would have liked to play that game.
1: You absolutely know Kevin Hayes wants to play. And the thing is, Kevin Hayes is a competitive guy. He wants to play. He wants to be out there. And listen, like, here's Kevin Hayes's quote on this. He said, I don't think I should have been benched, but he's the coach. I'm the player. And, you know, Tort says that it's ludicrous and that the media is just trying to create this story out of thin air, but you're benching your top scorer. Against a very tough opponent with a very strapped lineup. It just seems like a a choice that could be a little controversial, my friend. And maybe there isn't. Maybe there is a story here. Because if we're talking about buyouts, right? And we are talking about, you know, you benching your top scorer. yeah, There's something going on.
2: Yeah. And again, just to reiterate, it's not like this was... You know, Kevin Hayes being benched against a good team. He was benched against a good team that at one point traded him away out of town. Like, you know that that had like some sort of sentimental thing to Hayes. He would have loved to play that game. And like, it just, it sucks that it went down the way it did. It's very. I knew that Taurus was going to be going hard on Hayes, but I didn't think it was going to be quite. I didn't think it was going to come to this at all. I didn't think it was going to come to this. Maybe I'm naive.
1: I don't know. I, no, I'm, I'm surprised it's come to this. I'm surprised we're talking about buyouts over here. And I'm surprised that we're talking about Keith Yandel in the year of our Lord 2022, because Keith Yandel has entered the chat and said, is it time maybe a coach gets healthy scratched? Oh, what a burn from the NHL's former Iron Man who probably should not have been starting in an NHL lineup for the past two, three seasons. Did he actually say that?
2: Yeah. Where?
1: When? I forget exactly where, but it was after the news that Kevin Hayes was benched.
2: I mean, damn! <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck, Kevin Hayes or uh, fucking Keith Yandel. I, I tried mean, the to, thing yeah. is,
1: the thing to remember here is Keith Yandel and Kevin Hayes are boys; like they're really good friends. And yeah, they they hang out. Course, they go
2: to all the uh, they go to all the bar stool blackout parties together all the time.
1: Oh, baby! But the thing is, of That's course, Keith Yandel is going to come to the defense of. Kevin Hayes here because they are really good friends. And the thing is, I also don't give a shit what Keith Yandel thinks about the situation because Keith Yandel really shouldn't have been starting past the first like handful of games last season.
2: Yeah. He, he has a very tough time with the healthy scratch situation because he, when he got healthy scratched, that ended his streak and now Phil Kessel, Phil, the thrill is now the record holder. So, you
1: know, there's a little bit of talk in Vegas right now about scratching old Phil because I mean, as we know we were talking about kevin hayes his defensive prowess just kind of going down the shitter phil kessel has never been known for his defensive prowess and that is coming under fire right now he got run out of town mr hot dog is not a good defensive player never has been never will be and yeah you probably i think the record's secure for now you could probably scratch phil it's fine but yeah this is the whole thing when the flyers scratched keith Yandel last year, it was like, oh, this is a disgrace to the game. What's oh, wrong with the Flyers? Just a, a, a absolute atrocity here. Shut up. That he was such sucked. a
2: dumb argument. It was horrible. Like, he was literally one of the worst players I've ever seen. Like, he had to be scratched. He deserved to be scratched. If you don't think he deserves it, like, like what? Like, symbolically keep him in the game? No. That's stupid. It, that does not result in anything good for the team like let a young player come in who's trying to get his feet wet in the nhl like at that point i can't believe we're i i forgot all about this this discourse and i can't believe we're talking about it again but like yeah no fuck that like he should have been benched and like at this point you know what if for vegas go ahead and bench uh kessel too phil kessel's hilarious and i like him a lot but if you're not playing well then you should be it's listen. We've been talking all season about accountability and how torts is like giving the team accountability. Every team, every player should be held accountable on every team. And if you're playing like shit, you should be treated like shit. You're damn AKA right. Aka, be benched.
1: Be benched. <laughs> Melania's is not, be treat, benched, not but treated. Be like not treated.
2: Not kicked on the not kicked on the bench by fucking Babcock.
1: <laughs> it's my be benched campaign. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You should not be able to just scratch your name into the starting lineup every night just because you've been able to play all the previous games. Like, sure, that's all well and good. But if you're playing like shit, you should 100% be scratched. It's just how it is. And especially for a team like Vegas, right? Like, You could make the argument last year that it wouldn't have made a difference for the Flyers because they were so goddamn lousy that just playing Keith Yandel regardless would have just been fine because they were just terrible. Vegas is at the top of their division, but, you know, they're they're a few points up, but you never know. If you just get into a losing streak, you could be down before you know it. And this is a team that could be looking at playoff positioning. You know, this is a team that will most likely make the playoffs. So, yeah. If you, you got to win those games. If you're Vegas.
2: Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty good. And it's not like they're struggling right now. Like Vegas is like one of the best teams in the league, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Regardless, yeah. b- cut players or d- don't cut, but like bench players who should be benched. That's what cut, them all. Too. cut easy. them all. Very all. Yeah. Cut it. them all.
1: Cut your cut. You're cut. You're definitely cut. You're cut.
2: Wish the Flyers could do that.
1: I wish so, too. That'd be great. But that's the NHL for you. So what a, what a, a whole salary cap situation that they have going on. And mm. on the note of that salary cap situation, if the Flyers were to buy out Kevin Hayes, he would be on the books through the 28-29 season. The 20... 20... Three twenty-four cap hit would be two million two hundred fifty-three thousand nine hundred sixty-eight dollars. Twenty-four twenty-five and twenty-five twenty-six be four million seven hundred fifty-three nine sixty-eight and twenty-six twenty-seven, twenty-seven twenty-eight and twenty-eight twenty-nine cap hit would be one million six hundred eleven thousand one hundred and eleven dollars. So not terrible at the end, but pretty, pretty, pretty tough for the next three or so years right there. I mean, especially a four to $5 million cap hit on a team that is just constantly strapped for cap space is a death sentence. It's just a terrible idea. And I'm against hindering future teams, future flyers teams to deal with a bleak and pointless short term future. Okay. I, I, I think this buyout would outlast John Tortorella in Philadelphia it's just it's yeah. stupid. It's
2: stupid. The thing for me is is like what makes you think the Flyers are gonna be competitive within the next three to four years? What makes me think? I
1: I have no It's not about being competitive, but they have to put a hockey team together and they never have cap space, so if they're missing almost five million dollars in cap
2: space. Yeah, but I mean hey, then you just signed a bunch of Bad players, <laughs> and then you go for the but, first overall pick. Okay, so if they're not if they're not
1: competitive in the next three years, what about the next four years? What about the next five years? I mean, missing any cap space for a team that's as cap stra cap strapped as the Flyers is a just terrible move. I hate dead cap space, and I think,
2: wh- like, why would you do this? I do. I so I, I I don't want them to buy out Kevin. I would like them to trade him. Because he's still a good player, and you one would think a team would like to have him and potentially trade for him, but I also feel like the value they would get from him would be very, very low, because teams know that like the whole buyout situation is a possibility, so... This is why exactly. I'm surprised
1: that this even leaked. Why would they even leak this information instead of just trying to build them up? Like, yeah, Kevin Hayes is great. He just doesn't well,
2: mesh with the, you know. Who knows who leaked? Like, we don't know that, the like, anyone on the flyers. Like, like maybe Hayes leaked it. Like, That's maybe, very possible. Very possible. Maybe, maybe Friedman or maybe someone, I don't know. Like, maybe um, Friedman somehow got a scoop and he heard a guy say something to someone. I don't know. But, um, yeah, you, it's who knows how this got out. But. And we don't even know that this is for sure happening.
1: We don't know for sure (laughs) that it's happening, but honestly, I hate the idea of it. Well, we have to discuss it, though. We have to discuss the idea that it's happening. And I I just don't agree with buying a guy out and dealing with dead cap space for forever because the current coach, who, again, I don't think it's going to last more than three or four years here, is not happy with him.
2: Well, let me say this. I feel like it would only be, uh, and again, I don't want to. I would prefer them to trade Hayes, but if they do, it would only be really shitty for like the next three years. <laughs> only three which, years, which is like not great. <laughs> but after that, it's only one point six million, which is like not I- insignificant, but like you know, it's manageable. Like you can work around that.
1: I mean, you can retool a team to be. Uh, at least more competitive that they are now in two or three years to get rid of Chuck Fletcher. And then let's say you want to sign somebody and you can't because of this just gigantic 4.7 mil cap hit that you have in dead space. I don't know. I just think
2: it's stupid. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's no matter how you cut it, it's not ideal, but for a team that's not going to be competitive anyway for the next two or three years. Like. But if you're not going to be competitive, why buy him out? Just deal with it. Just suck it up. Yeah. That's my thing. Who cares? Yeah. Eat Arby's. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Who cares? Like, I, at least like they need to, they have to try and try, like, if. Sure, trade him away. Trade you everybody. You have to trade him. Get trade what you him. can. Honestly, get, just get something for him. Like, if, just don't buy him.
1: Keep out. some of the thing. cap. I'm fine with that method. Trade him away. Keep some of the cat hit. That's fine. Just don't buy him out and hinder yourself for, you know, three or four seasons because you really, really needed to get rid of Kevin Hayes because John Tortorella doesn't like him. Yeah. It just seems silly to me. The whole thing seems silly. And again, I hope this is all just like pointless worthless speculation that isn't actually going to happen because i think this buyout's so stupid and just because a a current coach i guess it's like if this was say a situation like in the nfl mike tomlin has been the coach of the pittsburgh steelers forever right if mike tomlin doesn't like a guy and says get rid of him you say absolutely because that is a great long-term coach who is here forever but flyers coaches last i don't know Three, four years to- tops. They don't last very long. So I don't see any point in hindering a future team because the current coach doesn't like. Because I don't think the current coach is going to last very long.
2: I, I do think he's going to last longer than a couple of years. Do you? I, I am not optimistic. I, I think about Torts that. is definitely because, like, I feel like they are turning to Torts to be to spearhead this rebuild or retool or whatever the fuck this is.
1: Yeah, but Elaine Vigneault was supposed to be here for you know five six years, and he completely self destructed and just.
2: Right. Yeah. Every Flyers
1: coach is supposed to be here for the long run. Yeah, they always talk the talk. They always say, yeah, "I'm going to be here for a while." They're never here for a while. They never fucking are.
2: I just feel like t- like t- they're paying towards so much money. They pay all. Th- they paid Elaine Vigneault a ton of money. Yeah, but like. Would they really want to do that again? Yes, because they're stupid. Pay two guys. I mean, yes, they're very dumb, but like. They're very dumb. You, Ryan, you were. But it's not. Underestimating like,
1: it's not, how dumb the Flyers are. I am. And how little they <laughs> care about money.
2: But it's not how. It's not like Torts is a bad coach. That's the thing. But that doesn't matter. Yeah. <sighs>
1: It doesn't matter if they're a bad coach or they're a good coach. If they're not getting results, they get fired by the
2: Flyers. I mean, yeah, but
1: I've I, seen I it like all, Ryan. To,
2: I feel like they're trying to change it. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on.
1: I can't tell you wow. how many head coaches the Flyers have had in my lifetime because the number is just too high to keep track of.
2: I mean, yeah, they've they haven't had a like a long term coach in forever. But
0: <laughs>
2: ever maybe <laughs> since Fred Shiro. But then again, how often do long-term coaches last in the NHL? Like, there's John Cooper. Sure.
1: So don't make a personnel decision based on a head coach. Yeah. That's all I'm trying to say. Right. I think it's I think it's an insane decision if they decide to proceed with this buyout. I Just don't do it. Okay? Just don't do it. Just suck it up and make Kevin Hayes. Like, send him the minors. I don't give a shit.
2: But, but then if you – yeah, like in two years, if you get rid of – Tortorella you keep Hayes you get rid of Tortorella you bring in a new coach but then that new coach just isn't as good a coach as Tortorella but he gets along with Hayes we're in the same spot just a slightly
1: different we're, situation d- we're gonna be in the same spot regardless this whole fucking organization's screwed I mean it's not great it's certainly not great it's not great but- alright I'm looking at it now since I was born Bob McCannon and- Bob McCannan one Mike Keenan two Paul Holmgren three Bill Deneen, four. Terry Simpson, five. Terry Murray, six. Wayne Cashman, seven. Roger Nielsen, eight. Craig Ramsey, nine. Bill Barber, 10. Ken Hitchcock, 11. John Stevens, 12. Peter Laviolette, 13. Craig Barubi, 14. Dave Haxdall, 15. Scott Gordon, 16. Elaine Vigneault, 17. Mike Yeo, 18. John Tortorella is the 19th head coach. Of the Philadelphia Flyers in my lifetime.
2: (laughs) It's damning. That is fucking insane. And it's ridiculous. I hate it here. (laughs) It's not awesome. But again, honestly, like right now, there's... I can only think of really two long-term, maybe three long-term head coaches. And that's um, John Cooper, Mike Sullivan, and Bednar. Because I feel like Bednar has been there for a while. He's been there a minute, yeah. But I mean, everyone else—it's just musical chairs, essentially.
1: It is, So is. Don't make your personnel decisions based on the head coach. That's all I am saying.
2: I don't know. It's make a
1: trade, but don't make a buyout. Definitely don't make a you buyout. have to make a trade. Like,
2: and again, like, I. <sighs> but Chuck Fletcher won't do it because Chuck Fletcher's useless. He's the worst GM in the entire NHL. So no matter what, no matter what Chuck ends up like, he cannot be the one to make this decision. It cannot, be. but he that. will be. I, he will they be. have to. They have got. Like he has to be gone before this is figured out.
1: I I have less and less faith each day that he will be gone before the next draft.
2: If that does, if he's still around next draft, I, if there's going to be a complete mutiny in Philadelphia. You would think, but.
1: I mean, if Comcast doesn't give the a ticket shit,
2: sales are already like totally dog shit in the cellar. It's bad. Like, what, and it's like, going to get worse. A change has to be made. I haven't. And this is the I. I can't remember the
1: last year that we were approaching Christmas and I had not been to a Flyers game.
2: Yeah, I mean, they hear the fire Fletcher chants all over the place. They know, like, the organization knows that Fletcher is. Hated unanimously by the fans. Sure, but do they care? They they can't look at this squad, at this team, and think that he's doing a good job being the general manager of the Flyers. Well, (laughs) you would think that. I'm just not confident
1: that they see what we see. And I see an unmitigated disaster. I see Rasmus Ristolainen. I I see just an entire defense that stinks. I see no offense. I just don't even see a hockey team. They they have an AHL team they're running out there. They ran Lucas. They made Lucas Sedlak retire from his dream (laughs) of NHL hockey, okay? Lucas Sedlak had 28, 29 games as a Philadelphia Flyer. He had a real cup of coffee with the team, and he said, I'm good. I'm going to go back home. I'm going to go back to Czechia, Czechia, or uh, the Czech Republic, whatever the hell we're calling it these days. He went home. Lucas Sedlak said, I had enough. Bye-bye So, I would...
2: I was trying to do a story about Lucas Sedlak literally days ago, and I requested an interview with him, and he just left. He fled. (laughs) So it's my fault. It is your fault. uh, He he found out that I wanted to talk to him. He was like, "Fuck that, bro!" And he just what'd you do? He just crossed the ocean to get away from me. Crossed the ocean. I. A whole Uh, ass ocean.
1: What a stunner that was. And I totally get it. he's been
2: playing well, too. It's really sad, honestly. I liked him a lot. (laughs) He's Chuck Fletcher's
1: best pickup in this past calendar year. Easily.
2: Yeah, possibly longer than that.
1: Possibly longer than that. And Chuck Fletcher has not made that many smart moves. Lucas Sedlak has actually been playing very well for the Philadelphia Flyers. He's been a nice, just plug him in in any part of the lineup. He'll do it. Okay, sure thing, Chief. And really, Lucas Sedlak came over with the dream of winning a Stanley Cup with the Colorado Avalanche and was put on waivers and claimed by the Flyers. An absolute nightmare if you think about
2: winning a Stanley Cup. That's <laughs> honestly huge. Yeah, could you imagine that? Like, oh, God. That's a real a player, kick in the nuts right there. If I'm a player and I signed with the Avalanche, they put me on waivers. I'm like, all right, sweet. I'll get sent down to the AHL. And then the fucking Flyers swoop in and take me. I would. Keel over and die right there. The
1: in the black, the in the black. Oh no. oh no, no! I that poor son of a bitch. Well, he he said I've had enough, and he went home. It's amazing. I I can't. And I, look, we know it's not as simple as he played a few games for the Flyers, and they were so bad that he said I'm done with the NHL. But it sure seems like that.
2: Yeah, I mean. It, and they talked about this on the flagship show. If the Flyers were good, I feel like this probably wouldn't be happening right now. But sure. the Flyers aren't good. They're actually bad. They're so he was bad. like, yeah. I, wa- I don't want to be part of this. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of reasons why he left, but like, I'm sure that has something. Like, if you were on boss the Bruins right now, he'd be having a great time. Be having a great time, yeah. And
1: he didn't even try to go the route like, can you please trade me or something? He said, I'm just done.
2: I'll see. He says ya. I'm just done with it. they made him retire. Like, they made him retire. The Flyers
1: made a guy quit NHL hockey, quit North America. North America, no longer a positive
2: experience for Lucas Sedlak. I he went home. It's they didn't home. make him leave a country. They made him leave a continent. That's how bad the Flyers are right now. It's true. A whole continent.
1: It's true. <laughs> poor poor bastard. Uh, oh man. Lucas Sedlak. Well, we, you know, we hardly knew you, Lucas, but best of luck moving forward. Happy trails,
2: partner. Yeah, happy trails. I enjoyed you. Fly or uh, shine on you, crazy diamond.
0: <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com.
1: Ah, uh, well, you know, on that note, on the note of, you know, just great musical references, great musicians, I think it's time to talk about one of our favorites, Limp Bizkit. One of the best of all time. One of the goats right here, Fred Durst, Limp Biscuit. And why is Limp Biscuit coming up this week? What thin excuse have I come up with to discuss Limp Bizkit? This week? <laughs> well, it's less of a thin excuse because, <laughs> as you might have heard, Elon Musk has been running Twitter into the ground for weeks now. Okay. He just, they bought Twitter and he is just throwing that Lego set over and, you know, people's feet are getting the Lego pieces in them. It really hurts. It's really bad for everybody, but he's still doing it. And, you know, thankfully we've got Fred Durst here to save the day. Fred Durst tweeted at Elon Musk. Good morning, sir. Myself and Limp Biscuit are available. For any help you may want or need at Twitter, happy holidays.
2: The funniest part about that to me is, sir. Good morning, sir. Oh, Fred Durst. What has happened to Fred? What
1: what has happened to Fred? He's directed movies. And Yeah, but he shouldn't have manners. He's Fred fucking Durst. He's gotten older. No one answers to
2: Fred. He he answers to people. Or wait, am I getting this right? He answers to people? they well, answer that means, to him. Yeah, he, no, they answered. <laughs> he now he answers to people. He's a kinder soul. Nah man. He's no it's longer the Fred I know. Not the not Fred, Fred know. you know.
1: Good friend yeah. of the show, Fred Durst. Fred the Fredster. The Fred Durster.
2: Yeah, he answered Durst to man. Everybody. Big D. Big All those D. great names. Speaking of Big D, guess who's starting for the Indianapolis Colts? Big Dick Nick. I saw that. Dick Nick is making his triumphant return to a starting lineup in the NFL.
1: It's good for him because we got Minshew Mania in Philadelphia and we got uh, Nick Foles bringing that that BDE over to Indianapolis.
2: If they both win next weekend, that'll just be incredible. That sounds like a parlay I wouldn't recommend doing, but. The two best. the two best meme quarterbacks in the entire NFL winning would be just why. And then the Cowboys lose because if the Eagles win, the Cowboys lose. So like all those things put together, would be a very funny weekend of football.
1: It would be a very funny weekend of football.
2: I'm here for it. I would love to see it, but you cannot derail me from
1: talking about Limp biscuit. Okay. Because this tweet fascinated me because I want to know what the fuck is Fred Durst and Limp Biscuit doing for Twitter? What could they possibly yeah. bring to the table here? That's what fascinated... You were fascinated by the sir. I was fascinated by the help. Like, this is like when a co-worker has like a family member sick or something. You know, please let me know if I can help. You don't really like know what you can do to help, but you like to <laughs> yeah. offer that. Fred Durst, what could you possibly be offering here? So I, I thought of a few ideas. So one of them, I think... Limp Biscuit could pitch verified check marks because Elon Musk has had a lot of trouble with the verified check marks. You know, got the Twitter blue one. He's got the the gold one. I think he's got the ultra silver platinum one. He's trying all these different colored check marks. And I think the only real solution is red backwards hats. Okay. So, red backwards (laughs) hats. That's point one of the Limp Biscuit plan for Twitter. That means verified now is. Red backwards hat. But only for the badass verified people.
2: Oh, yeah. No, of course. You have to be a certified badass, and you can only get that designation from Fred himself.
1: That's true. And he actually will approve them all on a case-by-case basis.
2: So, okay, so I'm confused. What does the silver checkmark mean?
1: I don't know what any of them mean.
2: Verified account. This account is verified because it is government or multi... Okay, so I guess it- silver means government. Sure. And then yellow means what exactly? Uh, urine. Official business. Urine. <laughs> Tesla.
1: Urine. Uh, pending urinalysis. That's what. It means. Yeah. Yeah. So another Limp biscuit idea that they could bring to the table here. Uh, the delete button could be replaced by one that instead of saying delete, which is boring. Everybody knows delete. You know, that's that's the old ways. It now says break stuff. <laughs>
2: What about a rolling button? Oh, that's instead of retweet. It's rolling, rolling. Got to roll this tweet. Rolling, rolling. (laughs) What? What? And then finally, the final thing
1: that Limp Biscuit could bring to the table here. They could record a new theme song for a Twitter commercial because Twitter, they need to rebrand. They need to get hip. They need to get with the times. They need a theme song. And Limp Biscuit is the one to properly bring them into the
2: 2020s. (laughs) There's only one person who should do, who should be responsible for making a Twitter theme song. And that is none other than Albut.
1: That's true. Albut can make a mean theme song. But I, you know, listen, this isn't my pitch. This is Limp Biscuits' pitch. This I mean, is how yeah, this is true. they're reaching out to Elon Musk and saying, this is what we can do for you. Help us help you, Elon. <laughs> I do need kind of need it
2: to happen now, honestly
1: yeah i need this so theme fun. song i need this theme song bad so if you're listening fred Durst, and i know you are number one watch out for the ghost of eddie van halen because he might come rolling up in his assault vehicle and he might be angry at you for smoking weed in his presence but number two give us a sneak peek of that twitter theme song that i know you're making okay i didn't just Check make all out. these up this is all real information
2: <laughs> it has to happen Honestly, like if Elon Musk is uh, if he's if if he's a smart man, which he's not, he will give the Twitter reins to Fred Durst. How can a rich guy be dumb, right?
1: How can a rich guy be dumb? There's just no. I know it's
2: very it's very rare, Steve. It's very rare. This is a once in a lifetime situation.
1: Once in a lifetime. Once in a lifetime. Same as it ever was. (laughs) All right. So speaking of real stuff speaking of definitely not fake stuff it is time for one of my favorite fly traditions and that is the christmas movie challenge and ryan yes you last week you told me you were not familiar with the christmas movie challenge and i questioned if you had ever actually even listened to the show before and i uh
2: never once actually
1: convinced you or not so the christmas movie challenge for those of you unfamiliar i have taken a bunch of screenshots and descriptions of Hallmark and Hallmark esque holiday movies because Hallmark does it up. They film 65 Christmas movies in April and May up in Toronto. And then they release them all at the holiday time, at the holiday season. And people go nuts for these things. They watch them nonstop. They are just advertised nonstop. They go crazy. So the thing about these films are they are bonkers. They just have these crazy descriptions. They don't make any sense. And I decide that I can make some fake ones that are just as good, if not better, than the real ones. So I read them off and have whoever is recording with me try to guess which ones are real and which ones are fake. So, Ryan, are you up to the challenge?
2: I'm up to the challenge, Steve, and I'm going to get 100% on these. You might get 100% on these. I can feel it.
1: So, I'm going to give you uh, two options for how to proceed. I could either give you pairings, much like we did with the CBS pilot season challenge, where uh, I give you a couple options and you decide which one's the real one and which one's the fake one, or we could take it on a case by case basis.
2: Uh, I'll do, I actually like that format, so
1: I'll stick to that
2: format. Okay,
1: there we go. All right, so we're going to start off with Holly's Holiday. Holly Maddox longs for a man like the mannequin in a nearby store. After she slips and hits her head, she wakes to a perfect gentleman by her side. Holly hits it off with her new man, but must choose between the perfect life and real love. Starring Claire Coffey and Ryan McPartland. Is that real, or is a caviar Christmas real? Kelsey owns a small candle shop in her hometown when a handsome investor swoops in with the offer of a lifetime. Kelsey tries living... A modern-day fairy tale in the city until an emergency calls her home and reminds her of her old life of faith, friends, and kin, starring Danica McKellar and Bryson Stills. I'm
2: gonna say Holly's Holiday is the real one, Steve.
1: You are correct. Ding 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 ding. Yes, a caviar Christmas was made up by me. Holly's Holiday, and yes, Claire Coffee is apparently a real actress's name.
2: That's amazing. Good God. Good God. These... I've got to check, I, I need to check out these movies. I need to watch them on Hallmark. <laughs> I'm not sure you do. I, I would watch I the trailers. So. You get the gist. Oh, okay. Well, I'll just watch the trailers
1: then. You get the gist. I didn't <laughs> I
2: realize mean... these movies were good enough to have trailers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I some of them do.
1: I yeah. watched a lot of them last Friday night. That's not sad at all. Not sad at all. Not remote. Oh, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, (laughs) great time, great time to spend great way to spend your time on a weekend. Oh, yeah,
1: that's just I've been working all all week to get to watch these Hallmark movie trailers. Hell yeah. Late at night and brainstorm for a flyperbole game.
2: Of course. Yes. Yes. I I for one appreciate it.
1: All right. So this round, we're going to have three. Okay, you have to guess the real one out of the three here.
2: Okay, let's do it.
1: All right. First off, we have Ring the Bells. Derek has spent his life trying to make it as a professional boxer. He had given up on his dream and decided to hang up the gloves for good when his childhood sweetheart, Annie, shows up in town and asks him if he can step in the ring one more time to raise money for orphans in the annual Christmas Classic Boxing Showcase. How can he say no? Derek has to get ready for the fight and give Annie the perfect Christmas. Will he be able to pull everything together before the bell rings? Starring Ryder Strong and Merritt Patterson. Christmas She Wrote. When Kaylee, a romance writer, has her column cancelled right before Christmas, she heads home to reconnect with her family. Kaylee gets an unexpected visit from the man who cancelled her column, who fights not only to bring her back to the publisher, but also for her heart. Starring Danica McKellar and Dylan Neal. Or, The Christmas Calzone. Since inheriting it from his late father, Gino... I'm sorry, since inheriting it from his late father, Gino spends all of his time at his pizza parlor. Gino needs his business to life while letting his personal life fall flat. Gino's niece, Melissa, has one Christmas wish for her uncle to meet someone nice. Will Gino find a Christmas miracle in a pocket of dough? Starring Adam Ferrara, Ava Preston, and Melissa
2: Joan Hart. Okay. I was going to say Christmas, she wrote. I was going to say that. But I'm going to say a Christmas calzone.
0: That, that, that the sh- name of, that's yes, the name of it? The Christmas okay. Calzone, yes. I'm, I'm going
2: with that as the real one because that is too insane. Like, I'm not sure you could even come up with that. Well, my friend, I did come up with it. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Christmas She Wrote is the real one of the three. Oh, I, I had it earlier. Right, with just too. an abysmal title. Christmas She Wrote. It doesn't yeah. even involve murder.
2: No, it doesn't. What the hell? I, it's so against Hallmark movies. Like, it's prerequisites.
1: So, so bad. It's so bad.
2: All right, next up, we have
1: a couple pairs of Hanukkah movies here. Okay, so we oh, have. Oh, okay. Two pairs. We gotta, you know, we gotta involve everybody here. Okay? We gotta be so, inclusive.
2: This is an inclusive podcast.
1: This is a very inclusive podcast. So we've got two pairs of Hanukkah movies. Okay, so we'll take them two at a time. So first up, all right, what is real out of the following: the eight gifts of Hanukkah, an anonymous suitor sends optometrist Sarah. A gift for each night of Hanukkah. On her journey to find her secret admirer, she learns her one true love might be someone she never expected. Starring Inbar Lavi and Jake Epstein. Or Eight Crazy Dates. Music teacher Rachel's overbearing sister makes her a profile on a dating app. Rachel agrees to let her sister choose eight dates before the first night of Hanukkah. But her students have their own plans to play matchmaker. Starring Aviva Rose and Jess Spellner.
2: I'm going to say Eight Crazy Dates is the real one. Eight
1: Gifts of Hanukkah is real. Eight Crazy Ugh. Dates. Emily came up with Eight Crazy Dates, actually. That was, uh, That's an a good Emily, one. Emily special right there. All right, our next grouping of Hanukkah movies here. We've got Home for Hanukkah. Lauren has been making a life for herself as a telecom executive, working day and night to show that she can hang with the big boys. When her mother falls ill and asks her to come home for the holidays, Lauren reluctantly agrees. Will she be able to survive eight crazy nights with the family she has been avoiding for years? Starring Danielle Fischel and Karen Kruper. What's the name of that one again? That one's Home for Hanukkah.
2: Home for Hanukkah.
1: And I just realized the next one isn't a Hanukkah movie, but you know what? We're going to go with it (laughs) anyway and see which one's real. Christmas in Tahoe. To save her family hotel's Christmas show. Talent Booker Claire must ask for help from her ex-boyfriend Ryan, the lead guitarist of a now-famous band that fired her as their manager years ago. Starring Lara Osnes, Kyle Seelig, Patrick Monahan.
2: Tahoe is the right one.
1: It is the right one, and Patrick Monahan. do, Do you know what band Patrick Monahan's from?
2: I do not know.
1: Train. What the fuck? Yeah.
2: Is he the singer? Yeah. Oh, and boy. he's in this movie. Oh, well, i definitely not seen it. Oh, that fucking Ooh. Hey Soul Sister song.
1: Hey Soul Sister oh, and my God. that Mr. Mr. on the radio.
2: I was in a karaoke me... bar
1: and somebody sang that and it was just agony.
2: I hope they got booed.
1: I I booed them a little bit. And I that was booze. the first time I saw the lyrics to that song and I just cried.
2: <laughs> I can't imagine they're good. I've never cared enough to, to like seek out the lyrics to that song. And I don't, I don't want to Steve. I would be very upset if I ever saw them. I'm sure.
1: I'm sure you would be. I'm sure you would be. So finally, finally, we have another threesome here. Okay. We have another threesome. And in fact, there's only one fake one here. There's two real ones and one fake one. Okay. And the, the theme of these three is royalty. Okay. (laughs) Okay. First up, we have Christmas at Castle Hart. Brooke Bennett goes to Ireland for Christmas to search for her Irish roots. While there, she meets charming Aidan Hart, Earl of Glaslow. Mistaken for an elite event planner, she's hired to host his castle's epic Christmas party. Starring Lacey Chabert and Stuart Townsend. A Jolly Old Christmas. Claire Smithwick goes to England for the sightseeing tour of her dreams. Things are going according to plan until she runs into Duke James Lotz, who's trying to experience ordinary life by going undercover to tourist attractions. Sparks fly between the two, but will that be enough to keep Claire abroad for Christmas? Starring Lacey Chabert and Gavin Rossdale. Or a Christmas carousel. When Lila is hired by the royal family of Ancadia to repair a carousel, she must work with the prince to complete it by Christmas. Starring Rachel Boston and Neil Bledsoe. So which one is fake?
2: What was the second one?
1: So the first one is Christmas at Castle Heart, which is Uh Brooke Bennett goes to Ireland for Christmas. The second one is a jolly old Christmas where Claire Smithwick goes to England for sightseeing. And a Christmas carousel where Lila has to repair a carousel.
2: I'm going to say Christmas at Castle Heart is the fake one. Christmas at Castle Heart is somehow real. Oh my God. As somehow
1: real, I made huh. up a jolly old Christmas with Lacey <laughs> Chabert and Bush's Gavin Rossdale. <laughs> oh my god! So the I, I put a little flyers connection in here too because Castle Heart is spelled like Carter Hart, H A R T. Nice. So I named the Duke James Lotz, and I spelled it L A U. G-H-T-S
2: <laughs> we can't escape the flyers even when we're making we can't making I saw Castle
1: Heart and I had to make my fake one have the. Gotta the be one. Hart, yeah. I was also trying to come up with a good name for the Duke over here so you know the Duke James Lutz I can't believe Christmas at Castle Heart is a real description I can't believe a Christmas carousel is real Those are so ridiculous. Lila is hired by the royal family of Ancadia to repair a carousel. She must work with the prince to
2: complete it by Christmas. What? Why is the prince even a part of that? The prince? I feel like the prince should have other things to do, but maybe I'm naive. I don't know. And
1: so I did fuck up. Okay. So I meant to make the Hanukkah ones a three way. Okay. Okay. And then I was going to put Christmas in Tahoe up against this uh, other one that Emily came up with. And I figure I might as well read it at this point because we've read them all. Uh, The other one that Emily had written was Christmas on Tour. Meredith takes a job managing a boy band reunion tour. The final concert is a (laughs) holiday special at her childhood home on a Christmas tree farm. Meredith must choose between her teenage musical crush and the small town guy from her past. Starring Haley Duff and Mark Allen Jopnell. That's John Peel, John Peel. That's what.
2: I thought it was going to be like Christmas on Tour like it's Warp Tour or something. You know? <laughs> Christmas on Warp Tour, maybe that's <laughs> Yeah, sure. Christmas on Warp Tour, yeah. <laughs> that was good. So, Those are some good ones.
1: Thank you, thank you. Yes, the 2022 Christmas movie challenge and uh always enjoy coming up with fake Christmas movies for that one, but that's all we got that's uh that was the the rest of the show notes right there we got the limp biscuit talk we got the christmas movie challenge and and just you know joyous times all around so enjoy your shitty hallmark movies and enjoy your time with your loved ones i'm getting tired i'm running out of gas here
2: quakes i am too it hit me like a train like five minutes ago
1: (laughs) hey soul sister
2: hey you like a
1: train fuck off (laughs) Ain't that Mr. God, Mr. Yeah. God, On the radio fucking terrible song. I will never get over when they performed at a flyers penguins outdoor game. It was oh just a my abysmal.
2: God, it was so bad. They should have green day. Should have been there. I don't know what they were thinking.
1: It should always be green day. Just cursing out the crowd. Yeah. That's all I want. That's all I want. That's all I want for Christmas is a green day. Christmas.
2: Yeah. <laughs> a, gr- a, re- a red and green day. Christmas
1: oh there you go there you go perfect all right folks that's all we got for you and it was plenty thanks so much for listening if you have any feedback the best place still is somehow on twitter.com.org.edu.ca.musk quigs where can people find you on the twitter machine find me at ryan quigs with a z oh wow wow You can follow me at FlyPurpley or at EsteeBomb. If it's for hockey purposes, make it FlyPurpley. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. We're on a variety of social media, so go seek us out there. And one final note from me before we close out. I wanted to say congratulations to Jim Gardner on an amazing career as the news anchor for 6ABC. Just a, a fantastic fantastic local news man and one of the the greatest of all time and he will be missed one of the best mustaches of all time i know quigs he's not really somebody you're familiar with but i grew up with jim gardner and he, he basically he's one of the inspirations for ron burgundy in a way just looks wise at least and yeah. he's just he's just a phenomenal talent he finally Called it quits today, but I got to give credit to a lot of the local maniacs who went and tailgated his final broadcast today at the news station.
2: They tailgated?
1: They tailgated. It was amazing. That is so
2: Philadelphia. Holy shit, I love that.
1: It is peak Philly. It's so good. But uh, Jim Gardner, you will be missed. And I know local news ain't what it used to be, but it certainly isn't now that Jim Gardner is calling it quits. All right, folks, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, wow, wow.
0: Most of the time we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts,